Have you started watching any Christmas movies yet? I do not watch most Christmas movies. None? Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh, I always loved the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. The <laughs> See, all those Christmas movies that everybody watches, Sure, those came out since my childhood. Yeah, you were, you were way past those. They were... Some of them were back when I was in the seminary, and we, we we really didn't watch much TV. It was not that it was not allowed, yeah. But I was always in the library studying. Wow. Yes. It's so and, devout. And as a young priest, I was in the parish doing ministry, so uh, I don't have like an emotional connection. Like I have to watch it. Most of them I don't even know. No Christmas vacation. Well, I, you know, you can't help but see a little bit here or there. Sure. Elf has been on TV. Oh, so good. Relentlessly the last couple of weeks. So I see a, a, a section here and a section there. I did see the whole movie once. That's great. It came yeah. out when I was in high school. So I'm emotionally connected to that one. I also feel very strongly about Home Alone. To me, that's one of the greatest Christmas movies You know ever. what? It should surprise nobody in the world that you and I have a different opinion. You don't like Home Alone? Uh, it was funny to watch, but not that great. Uh. Uh, but but the but the but the kid was kind of uh, a smart aleck. He was, so, yeah. And wow. I, I I did not find that endearing. I, the, <laughs> welcome to the Positive Twenty Three podcast, everyone. <laughs> we have different opinions, but I do believe in Christmas. How's that sound? That sounds great. But but this is the the podcast that's going to come out for Holy Family. Yes. So but, this will be out. On Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve morning. Maybe we won't send it that day. Well, I guess for consistency, we should. We will. They can hang on to it till after the eggnog is done. Well, happy Christmas Eve, everyone. Okay. But it's really going to be about the Feast of Holy Family, Sunday the 27th. Yeah. Hey, real quick, finishing up our conversation on your favorite movie, Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> I saw online, somebody made an Airbnb, their, their property, to look like the Home Alone house on the inside. So they have like uh, micro mini cars all over the floor and Legos. There's paint cans that are are um, tied up by the staircase. They've got like the Michael Jordan cutout dancing on the record player. I thought, what a great novelty if somebody just was a Home Alone fan and wanted to go hang out in a house. It wasn't the, the house actual house from the movie, though. That would have been pretty cool. That would have been great for those who like that kind of stuff. That- <laughs> Well, I guess we should move on. Yes, I believe in the real Christmas story. How's that sound? All right, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Oh, there we go. What a segue. Hey, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family. The church always celebrates the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's during the octave of Christmas as the Feast of the Holy Family. Yeah. Now you're going to ask the question, what does the church do when Christmas itself is on a Sunday? We, I know that. We omit the Feast of the Holy Family not well no it it gets transferred to a weekday correct but it's yes. not on a sunday that is correct because the following sunday would be epiphany no the fo- the sunday no the following Christmas sunday would be january 1st solemnity of the motherhood of mary right and then, then epiphany yes that's okay right. you it's, gotta do all these correct it's been a while since we've and while we're talking way. how long does christmas season last it lasts for christmas holy family epiphany and then the baptism of the Lord. That is correct. So, so this, this year, year we end Christmas season January on 10th. January 10th. Yeah. Do not take down your tree before January 10th. I usually take it down. Before. I know you do. That's why I'm saying that. I'm <laughs> oh, a, you're talking to me. I am pointing a you're finger at to me? you. Are you talking to me? Do I'm you take pointing down, a finger at you. Do you take your tree down before? I, I, get, it, I get it down by St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> 
man, we are so different. Yeah. That's why we love each other. Actually, I probably will have it down by, uh, I'll have it down before people bring the, the Christmas decorations of church back to my house. People don't know this, but, uh, all of the Christmas trees that we put up in church and the nativity set yeah. are stored in my house. The, the, Nativity set is stored in my guest room upstairs where it's high and dry, and the trees are in the basement. I just picture you like on a board Sunday night unwrapping the nativity set and playing with the figurines. <laughs> no, they are so <laughs> carefully packed away. I'm not going to touch them. Uh, I, Here comes everything the is, camel. Everything is neatly labeled. Yeah. Does, does our camel have a name? At my previous parish, there was this great big camel they would get out every year. Yeah. And he was named Clyde. Just for the fun of it? Well, don't you remember? No. <laughs> it no. was named 1960s. No, remember, I'm the Home Alone oh, generation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Midnight at the Oasis, that was a pop song. Okay. With a camel named Clyde. True story. That's the name of the song. That, I mean, Mid Midnight at the Oasis is the song. And that's the and one, of one of the And one of the lines is the camel named Clyde. So the people in the parish named this great big camel Clyde. And to this day, everybody refers to, oh, when's Clyde coming out? You know, we never named the camel, but that was the camel that had no that, head when we We have a picture of you holding the the head in one hand and the body in the other hand. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty good for the camel, too, the headless camel. Maybe that's what we'll call him. It's not headless anymore. Okay, okay. let's talk about this. The, the gospel reading for a holy family this year, and it does change from year to year, is the presentation in the temple. Um and this is really jumping ahead. So uh, Mary, it's kind of funny. We, we move ahead to the purification of Mary mm -hmm. and the presentation of Jesus. And so this takes place usually about 40 days after the birth. Are we doing the long form of this? We're going to read the long form today. There is a very short version for some, some churches may use it, but the, the short version leaves out the wonderful story. So we're going to today read the long one. Are you ready? I will read the first part, and when I get tired, you're going to take over. <laughs> when you hear the snoring people, that's okay. where I'll step, step up. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they took him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate of the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him, that is, Simeon took Jesus, into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, 
Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I said last week we're going to change it to, that's great. Yes. I know, and I wasn't going to do it. I I changed it back. (laughs) Okay, so what a powerful, powerful story. First of all, they are going according to prescription, uh, taking Jesus to the temple. Again, no small feat. They lived up in Nazareth. Nazareth is in the north, you know, three or four days walk. So they, they, they took Jesus there. They probably spent a few days while they're in the city, um, in the temple, and but they presented him. And they were among the impoverished people, so that's why their offering, I, I'm using air quotes, their offering was a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Do you know what a turtle dove is? It, no. Well, I'm assuming it's a bird. It's a bird. I, I don't know, I know what a dove is. Maybe a turtle dove is the long name. I don't know. But somebody's going to tell us, uh, and, and that somebody's name is Google. I was going to. Ju- I'm just pulling. Okay, up I'll keep Google. talking until you find it. All right. So they they fulfilled the law. And then there are these two wonderful, wonderful personalities. I I I just love both of them, Simeon and Anna, and Anna especially strikes me because it says she was in the temple all the time. She was fasting and praying, and I just thought her whole life. You know, she was a widow for a long, long time. Yeah. She probably lived off of almost nothing, but it didn't matter. She was, she had communed with God, and so she just hung around the temple. And I remember as a kid, there were these elderly women in the parish, you know, when I was growing up. Yeah. And they were probably widows. I don't know. I didn't know them. But anytime I'd ever go to church, they would be in their pews praying. Mm. And I think I always thought of somebody like that when I heard this about Anna. You know, somebody who's just made prayer a significant part of their life. That's beautiful. All right, I looked up turtle dove. Turtle dove is? Okay, so it comes from the Latin name Streptopelia turter. So the second part of that Latin name comes from the bird's soft call, which is a tur-tur sound. Tur, tur. (laughs) Oh, man, you guys are getting your money's worth this week. So that is why it's called the turtle dove. Man, is it a species of dove? Yes, it's the the European turtle dove is a member of the bird family uh, and the doves and pigeons. It breeds over a wide area of the southwestern um, region, including North Africa, but migrates to northern sub-Saharan Africa to winter. Okay, there you go. Well, if that would be likely to be common in the, uh, the Middle East which is where the story takes place. Looking at the picture, it kind of looks like a cross between a pigeon and a mourning dove. Okay. Okay, that's, of course, that's probably what everybody 
suspected, but now they know. Now we now have you know. <laughs> Next week, tune in for Partridge in a Pear Tree. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, next. I mean, next on this list, besides Anna, we're going to talk about Simeon. Yes. What do you know about Simeon? Uh, I really don't know a lot about Simeon at all. What should I know about Simeon? Actually, this is all we know. What you what we just read. Oh well, that makes me feel a lot better. Um, you know, wh- while we were reading this, here's what I was thinking. This is probably a lesser known passage of Luke's gospel. Probably not as well known as many of the other stories. Um, but there's, there's, this is a glimpse into that time in Jesus's life that we don't get to see a lot, right? We obviously know the infancy narrative quite, quite well that we celebrate on Christmas. And then obviously all the gospels jump uh, pretty quickly into his adult ministry. But there was all this time in between that other than this and then losing Jesus in the temple. When he's 12 years old that we don't really get to know what was life like for the Holy Family. So this is a glimpse into that time that I think a lot of us have questions about or we would love to know more about. I was always uh, focused on this because growing up, we prayed the rosary every day. Yeah. And if you pray the rosary daily, usually on, except for special seasons like Advent, Lent, Christmas, Easter, mm-hmm. uh, you would pray in rotation. So the, the mysteries of the rosary for, for Monday and Thursday were the joyful mysteries mm-hmm. and uh, sor- sorrowful mysteries on Tuesday and Friday and glorious mysteries Wednesday and the, the weekend. Did, whenever now you get now to it's a little more complicated because there's the luminous mysteries that were added really just in the last 30 years. When you get to the sorrowful mysteries, don't you ever feel like, Oh, today's sorrowful mystery. <laughs> Actually, you do. There, there was pain, but I, let me tell you about the joyful mysteries. The, it's re- exactly what we've been talking about. The first is the Annunciation, mm-hmm. which we had that reading last week, the Sunday before Christmas. Then we have the, uh, the visitation where Mary visits Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Then the the third mystery is the the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The fourth mystery is the presentation in the temple, which is this one. And the fifth one is finding Jesus in the temple. Yeah. So uh, we did kind of at least meditate on that mystery, even if it's a lesser known, as you, you're saying it is. Yeah. Uh, because if people come to Christmas, they, they know the Christmas story, and maybe they know the story of the Magi, which is from Matthew's Gospel, Sure. but they don't necessarily know this. This is really pretty powerful passage because it shows that Joseph and Mary followed the law it they also gave it was it's kind of an image of redemption mm-hmm. they gave Jesus back to God and then by the sacrificial offerings of the the turtle doves or the young pigeon they redeemed him and redeem means to buy him back mm. so it's like okay Jesus you belong to God but we're going to buy you back, and you are worth two tur- turtle turtle doves. <laughs> it's like a is it was Mastercard the commercials that used to be priceless? Yeah, not even Jesus was priceless. He was worth two turtle doves. Well, that was the thing. He was he was among the poor, but the idea was okay. We are taking him back because it's our job to raise him. We're not just going to leave a baby in the temple. Can you imagine being left at the at the door of the temple? As a child? Yeah. When no. I was chaplain at St. Anthony Villa in Toledo, and I don't know if you know St. Anthony Villa, 
At one time, it was St. Anthony's Orphanage, but there weren't many orphans around. There still are not many orphans in this country. So the villa became the place where uh, abused or neglected children could be housed, and most of them were wards of the county or the state, mm -hmm. different counties. Okay. And it was run by the Franciscan Sisters, and I was chaplain there, maybe up to 100 kids, and they had different house parents. Uh, this was in the early 80s when I was the chaplain. And one day, one of the sisters, one of the older sisters, who was the sacristan for the little chapel, she went out the door of the chapel, not the main door, but the, the chapel door. She stepped out to, I don't know what, to throw out some dust or something. I don't know. But there was a little basket with a, a newborn baby in it. Really? She brought the baby in, and of course, they called the children's services. I, I don't know who you call first, but uh, children's services. And it was some mother had given up the child. Mm. And of course, it was it was like headlines in the Toledo Blade, you know, baby found at the door of the convent, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what became of the child. Probably there were foster parents, and I don't know if the actual biological mother was ever found. Nowadays, they do allow people to, if you, as opposed to abusing a child, uh, to bring a child and drop them off un un harmed sure but this was like before that law was in place yeah times have certainly changed. and you wonder how long that child could have been left there before that the sister found it because it was not one of the doors that people normally go out imagine her her shock when she found it oh it was beyond words yes yeah yeah so here we are in in luke's gospel and there's i love this um passage you know that we refer to it as the song of simeon right Yes, I'm trying to the find Canticle it. of Simeon. Uh, now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. Now, that's that prayer is part of the night prayer in the Liturgy of the Hours. Yeah, And priests, and I think some religious sisters, uh, not all communities have the same rules, but I know a lot of the sisters pray this every day. Mm -hmm. In Latin, it was called the nunc dimittis. Nunc means now. Mm -hmm. uh, dimittis, now you may dismiss me as your servant, Lord. Mm. And one of my friends who's deceased now, but one of the priest friends, anytime something good happened that he, he, he acted like he never thought it would happen in his life, he'd say, Nook Dimittis. Okay, now, Lord, you can dismiss me. Of course, I have seen, you know, uh, my friend finally got a job or whatever it might be. Yeah. Nook Dimittis. He would say that over and over, and it was, it was always done with a smile. That's great. Please don't say that. We don't want you to go anytime soon. No, it was not about people dying. It, oh, about himself. Now, yeah. yeah, now, Lord, you can dismiss me. Yeah. But it's part of the night prayer. It's sort of like saying, okay, Lord, now this day is over. Sure. You can let me rest in peace. I, I was thinking more permanent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> rest in I peace. I mean, you're allowed to go home and go to sleep. That's fine. I rest in peace every night. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. So in um, this weekend's readings, people may notice that there are several options for uh, the second reading. There's also some options for the first reading. Do you want to maybe give a little background as to how you choose which readings you'd like to use at Mass? Um, different criteria. The, the reading, the two options for the first reading, one is from Genesis uh, that 
story of Abram and Sarah being childless. Mm -hmm. And the other one is Sirach, which is all about, the, remember, it's the Feast of the Holy Family. So it's a kind of a, an accounting of what's a holy family. You know, God sets a father in honor over his children, a mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Mm -hmm. Whoever honors the father atones for sins and preserves himself with them. When he prays, he is heard. And then it goes on, whoever honors the father by the children, and so forth. So it's really kind of like the power of honoring. We were talking about reverencing other people mm. uh, within the family itself. That's, so many times I do choose Sirach over the Genesis reading for that part because it's the Feast of Holy Family. Mm -hmm. Then we come to the second reading, and there's two options there. One is the letter to the Hebrews, but that picks up on that whole first story of Abraham, again, from Genesis. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the, the letter of the Hebrews is basically saying the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New Testament. Then the other one is the famous passage from Paul to Colossians, and that's, uh, again, about family. Uh, put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if one has a grievance against another as the Lord has forgiven you. Uh, so it, there's a lot of powerful passages, a lot of images. So if you take the, f the first option of the Old Testament, the first option of the, sec of the New Testament, those kind of are tracing the story of God working through Abram and Sarah. Sure. And then if you take the second one, the more emphasis is on the family itself. Many times the Feast of Holy Family, we, we no longer preach on the scriptures, we preach on the feast yeah and what is the holy family but i think we're this time i'm going to be preaching on the scripture it that this passage from luke's gospel is just too good to pass all right everybody well merry christmas to all of you uh we hope to see you this weekend for the feast of the holy family don't forget this weekend saturday and sunday uh, the church will be open during the day for any families that would like to come and see the nativity set in the church you can check the bulletin for times God bless you. Take care.